Lord, I welcome you today, just for all of us, um, that we would, as we read the word of the Lord, that we would grow closer to you, Jesus, that the, we wouldn't just read the Bible, but it would come into us, Jesus, that your word would dwell in our hearts, that we would foster it and feed it and grow closer to you, in Jesus' name, amen. How's everybody doing? Okay. Okay, I'm, let me tell you what I'm excited about. I love that we're meeting all together. I think it's so, so great. It's been, for me, mixed emotions when I heard, but it's been so good. One of the reasons, we, are, we have been two-timing for a long time. We go south sometimes, we go north sometimes. We like some, there's people we like it both, right? Uh, there's people we'd like to avoid it both. You know, who, if you know, you know, right? But, but the reality is everyone being together is so fun. One of the reasons it's so fun is we teach in kids, like J.D. said. Well, there's friends of ours at the South Campus. We never teach our kids because we would always teach North. Now we're interacting with everybody. So last week, Katie and Forrest Bratton, longtime Southies, come to drop off their kids, and we're teaching. And Katie's like, oh, you guys are teaching. And she looks at her two kids. She's got two little boys, and she says, don't believe a single word he says. <laughs> Unless it's about Jesus. And then she leaves. Imagine how confused you are if you're one of these kids. Like, why are we even here, Mom? Why are you dropping us off with Sunday school and you tell us don't believe a single word this guy says? Well, let me tell you why she felt the need to say that. I was on a mission trip with Katie, 2005, is that close, right? Long time ago. And we're in, you know, long drive, you're driving to Mexico, you got a long car ride, you're talking about all kinds of stuff. And we're talking about, you know, these What's taken off, this is 2005, what had taken off was these like fake fruits, like pluots was the big one at the time, right? It's like a, a plum and an apricot together. And we're talking about, man, there's so many. And I said, yeah, have you guys had the bonangerine? <laughs> I was like, it's my favorite one. It's so good. It looks like a banana and you peel it open and it's like mostly tangerine in there. And she thought it was 100% real. <laughs> like 100%. Found out later, was crushed. Who is this person that I trusted and thought was a leader? Um, and you guys know how JD sometimes will open up a story like this and it perfectly connects to the sermon? This isn't one of those. This is, <laughs> I might try to fit it in and squeeze it in later. It's really not related. But I do want to say I'm so excited to be together because there's something powerful that is happening as we worship together as one body, and I just love it. So, um, and, and I'll, I, I remember when J.D. shared this news, one of the things he said, and I wrote it down at the time, I had no idea I was going to use it in a sermon uh, six weeks later, but he said, you know, even if we don't fully understand everything about what he's saying, we know who he is, Right? Isn't that everything? If we don't understand everything that God is saying, we know who he is. And I so appreciate J.D.'s leadership that that's how he rolls, right? And he's also not hearing from God and then going, let me go just see what everybody thinks. It's, there is a confidence, I just want to affirm you, J.D., there's a confidence of leadership that he's going to lead. If God says this is what we're doing, then he has a conviction and a sense of purpose that as the leader, I'm responsible to go do I can't walk a different way. If God's calling us as a congregation to walk this way and do it this way, I'm going to lead out boldly. And it just creates, for me, I will say, it creates so much comfort to know this guy's hearing from the Lord and we're going to do what the Lord says. Um, and it's, it's an awesome way to live. But that, that phrase, even if we don't understand everything about what he's saying, we know who he is. 
is so deeply related to what we're talking about today. And what we're talking about today, we're in the middle of a series, if you haven't been here for a few weeks, called I Am. It's, it's the, the I Am passages in the New Testament. Um, and today we're talking about how I am the good shepherd. You understand, that's not me literally, but Jesus is the good shepherd. It's a quote. And we're going to get to the quote. Before we do, I want to share a little bit about the context. So Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, a few times in John chapter 10. But before that, there's a lot going on, Okay. And in John chapter 9, there is a story that I think is deeply related to what he says in John 10. In John, I'll even go back. In John 8, Jesus is stirring up all kinds of trouble. The last verse in John 8 says, and we're not, these aren't pulling this up yet, but the last verse in John 8 says they, they were so mad, they picked up stones to stone Jesus. They were so mad at something he said. They go on to John 9, and the next thing he's doing is he's healing a blind man. There's a man who was born blind, and Jesus, it says, as he was going through, he healed him. Right, And then what happens, I mean, imagine if you were born blind and all of a sudden a man came along and put his hands on you and healed you and you could see again. Would that be the greatest day of your life? Well, some people tried to turn it into the worst day of his life. And they said, why are you, what's the matter with you? Something's going on, it's fishy here. And they're investigating this man and there's like, that guy, they don't like Jesus. We want to trap him. We want to find out something bad about him. So this must have been something bad. Him giving you your sight back, where there must be something wrong, and they're asking these theological questions, and they are grilling this poor man. Imagine, it's like, I was, I, this is the first thing I've ever seen, and people are yelling at me. <laughs> That's no fun at all. Are you guys always this grumpy looking? And they're asking him, what the heck, what the heck? Well, then, here's what we're going to share. This is John 9, verses 25 through 27. And imagine, before we show you, before we pull it up, um, Imagine your context of, of all the times that you have had to defend something about following God. And you have, you've been put on the defensive by society, by culture. Like, why is your God like this? Why, 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 why? And there's, there's something in us often that likes to argue, that loves to be right. And it's so easy to put yourself in that position and say, I'm going to, okay, tell you what. I'm going to tell you why I'm right, why you're wrong. And this guy doesn't do that at all. Let's pull up John uh, 9, verses 25 through 27. And this is what this guy says. He replied to them, because they said, this guy, we think Jesus is a sinner. He said, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. Everyone say, I don't know. We'll get back to that. Whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, and now I see. They then asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open up your eyes? He answered, I've told you already, and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? <laughs> There's not a sincerity in their questions, and he knows it, and he's not going to argue with them. He's saying, I'm not, I don't know. You're asking some good questions. I don't know. It's confusing. You read this book, have you gone through it? It's some confusing stuff, right? And this guy is not going, hey, I'm going to figure it all out and prove you wrong. He's going, yeah, it's tough. Those are some good questions. I don't know. Here's what I do know. I was blind, and now I see, and I see you yelling at me. <laughs> and there is a simplicity to that, that way of being that says, you know what? I don't, I don't know. There's things, I just want us to all get comfortable. There's things we don't know. There's things we're not going to know. There's things we're not going to understand. Um, we, were, we were, I was doing bath time. I do bath time with our littlest uh, because Erin has spent the whole day with her. And so 
she sits in the bath and plays and plays. And I play with her some, and sometimes I, you know, check my emails and stuff. And <laughs> what is so great is to be around your kid when they don't know you're watching them, right? So I'm in the room, but she knows Daddy's doing something. She's playing her toys in the bath, and she's got some little uh, Elmo, you know, figure, and she's pretending that's a baby, and she's putting it all the way at the bottom of the bath to bed. So not, not we're, she's not ready to babysit yet, don't ask. But she's, she's putting Elmo down, and she's, she says, oh, baby's crying. She goes, it's okay, baby. Let's read the Bible. And she opens the real hands. Let's read the Bible. And I'm like, I mean, I'm fascinated at what she's going to read out of the Bible. And she goes, the Bible says, and she pauses because she realizes, I don't know what's in there. <laughs> she's, not our, she's not our strongest at memorization so this far. But she goes, the Bible says, baby Jesus. That's what the Bible says, baby Jesus. <laughs> don't you feel better, baby? Isn't that enough to feel a little bit better that the Bible says? Let me read it. Baby Jesus. <laughs> and there's a simplicity. There is a just, I'm going to accept that. You know what? Following does not require understanding. Woo. To follow God with my whole heart and my whole life does not require that I understand everything that's going on. Right? And, and I want to seek to understand. I want to study. This is not about turning my brain off. I want to seek to study and understand and wrestle with the tough things that God says that don't make sense. And then at the end of the day, I want to say, okay, you know what? I either I got to understanding or I didn't, but either way, you are God, right? And I love Jimmy Seibert, the founder of the Antioch movement, would do this thing where he puts his Bible on his head. He says, the Bible judges me. I don't judge the Bible. Amen, that's a good one. That's for free. I didn't even mind. <laughs> but it's so true. It's so easy to say, I've got to understand. If I don't understand it, well, then I'm not going to do it. And that's a different stance from saying, I long to understand. I love you, Jesus. I study you. I seek you with all my heart to search the treasures of God. But if I don't understand, at the end of the day, I'm going to go, you know what? It's above my pay grade. Right? If the Lord says it, it is. Okay, now we're going. Now we're ready. We're primed and pumped for John chapter 10, verses 10 and 11. And Jesus is doing this, what he loves to do, which is speak in parables and talk, give examples. He's talking about sheep and gates and all this stuff. And he looks, says he looks up and everyone's just kind of like, I don't get it, right? So he moves on. He says he gets real clear starting in verse 10. He says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. It's a simple message, right? I am the good shepherd. The enemy, the thief comes. What does he come to do? Steal, kill, destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the fullest. Hallelujah. That's amazing. We have a good shepherd who understands what we don't. And I'm not going to pull up all the videos about sheep and tell you how dumb they are, but we get it, right? Like, you don't get it. You don't know. There are things you don't know. And you don't even know you don't know them, but there is someone who does. There is someone who sees around every corner and knows every obstacle and is with you and for you. For what? So that you may have life to the full. So that you may have an abundant life with him. That is amazing. He knows the things we do not, we not, do not, do not know. One of the things a shepherd does, by the way, is create 
Boundaries. Who loves a boundary? Not getting a lot of, okay. But, but the shepherd knows that, you know what? Over there, let me tell you another little story about our kids. We were on vacation in Maine. We had gotten <laughs> an Airbnb in, and we, and we wanted something like, you know, not like right in the city. We got something a little more remote. It's like on this, on the water, beautiful. Well, but driving out there is like, we're in the woods, like the woods, woods. And we're driving down this road. It's getting dark. And he's five at the time. My five-year-old goes, this is where wolves live. <laughs> he's just kind of looking at the landscape. And he's like, I know this. This is where wolves live. He wasn't even saying it bad. He was just, FYI. Sleep well. <laughs> but the shepherd knows. The shepherd can come up on an area and go, this is where wolves live. I'm going to take the sheep over here. I'm not going to draw the boundary line right in front of the wolf. Right? I'm, we're going to stay a good ways over here. In Psalm 16.6, it says, and let's pull up Psalm 16.6. Do we have that? Yes. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. There is a shepherd who is drawing boundaries and saying, hey, don't do that. And you know what? Sometimes we don't get it. Sometimes the boundary is a place where we don't understand. Who's ever drawn a boundary for someone younger and they don't understand why there's a boundary? So we, uh, I did kids camp last year and Clark and I are the, the male leaders at kids camp in our male camp. We have all the guys and we're trying to tell them the rules. And this was great because Clark let it off the best. He said, okay. He goes, guys, I did the math. He goes, Mr. Ryan and me have 80 years of experience at having fun. <laughs> Who's got us beat? And they're not even close, you know. We know how to have fun. And here's how you have fun. You have to stay together so nobody gets lost. And it's the rules. He's given the camp rules of like, please don't do this. But the reason we're doing that, why? It's because we're jerks and we want to make camp lousy? Like, no, we know if someone's lost and then we have to stop the fun thing and go find the lost person. That's not going to be fun. Everything is about life to the full. And guess what? We're drawing a boundary you don't understand. I don't need you to understand it. I need you to do it, right? Amen. We don't have to, following does not require understanding. I was talking, to, and part of this is, by the way, the way that you accept the boundary you don't understand is not just the good soldier salute, like I'm going to do it. It's having a revelation of the shepherd. It's understanding who is this person, right? And if somebody draws a boundary that I don't understand, if I understand a person, I understand who they are, I can go, you know what? I'll get behind that, right? I was talking to Zach before the service. He was asking me what I was speaking about, and I shared, and he said, he told me about a time he still remembered years ago. He's spending time with the Lord and reading this one of these I Am passages and he said, God just showed me so clearly. He said, you know, it's I am. My name is I am. It's not I do. And, you know, that's awesome, right? Like, we all love that. I guarantee you that means so much more to Zach than it means to any of us. Because he heard it from the Lord. And God showed it to me. He had a revelation of the shepherd. And it's so much easier to follow, to get on board, when you have a revelation of who the shepherd really is. But Jesus goes on with this analogy. In John, uh, going on in John 10, this is verses 12 through 13. Uh, we're pulling up. I can read it from mine, but I like seeing it here. Are y'all seeing it? Oh, y'all can see it. There you go. The high, okay, good. So he's talking about the good shepherd. He said, I'm the good shepherd. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. 
Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. The hired hand. So who's the hired hand? Who's he talking about there? I'll do process of elimination for you. Jesus is not the hired hand. And the enemy, the devil, is not the hired hand because here he talked about him. He's the thief. The hired hand is everybody else. Okay? That means you, yourself, don't shepherd yourself. You're a hired hand. Right? And that doesn't mean we can't follow and learn from the people, but we cannot follow into the person the way we follow God and say, this person knows everything. This is the one person who won't mess it up. Right? And other people are going to mess it up. He says, because they're evil, they hate the sheep. They're, no, because they're a hired hand and they don't know. They don't always know what to do. Right? There are people here on our church staff who love you and care about you. They're hired hands, right? And they're trying to serve the Lord. And there's going to be a moment where they don't know what to do. And, and they, might, they might do it wrong and repent and we love them and, and trust them as leaders. But we understand that doesn't reflect on who God is. We have a good shepherd who when he looks at you, he knows something different than what J.D. knows. J.D. looks at you and says, I love this person. They're a part of this flock. I want to take care of them. I want to do everything I can for them. But Jesus looks at you and sees something different. He says, that is a person that belongs to me. The flock is his flock. You don't belong to J.D., right? And he loves you and wants to do everything best for you. But J Jesus looks at you and says, they belong to me. There's a different thing, right? And a different ability that rises up. Anyone who's been a parent knows before you have a kid, you're totally overwhelmed. You have no idea what's coming. You're totally unprepared. And that kid arrives and you're totally overwhelmed. You have no idea what to do. But something comes up in you that you're like, I'm going to figure it out. We're not going to let something bad happen to this person because they're, they belong to me, right? And Jesus alone has that vision that you belong to him. So who's the hired hand? It's everyone else. The kind of person that tells you a bonangerine is a real thing. That's a hired hand. Like maybe, right, don't, don't trust anything this guy says unless it's about Jesus and then trust the Jesus part. Katie missed out on one of my other greatest hits, which was the beefinch, which I told another group about. The beefinch is looks like an orange and you open up, it's ground beef inside. And I got somebody believed that. I, can't, I don't even understand how that would work. I'm not a botanist. Uh, maybe, maybe we're getting there. I don't know. It's been 20 years. Maybe we're making some progress. So I did tie it in. See, it was. Okay. But, but the hired hand is everyone else. The hired hand is pop culture. The hired hand is people on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter who think they have the wisdom of God and think they can tell you how to live your life. Let's come back here and say, what is God saying? God has stuff for us. And the Oprah Book Club does not. And I, I love some, I was telling J.D. about a business book I read. This guy's, this is not the wisdom of God. There's interesting stuff in there. But at the end of the day, when it's time to make hard decisions, this is where I'm coming. When I'm figuring out what field to be in, it's not going to be the wisdom of the latest, you know, business book. It's going to be what does God say is right. It's not a political party. Just throwing that in there. That's not, that's a hired hand, right? They've got their own thing. The hired hand clocks out and says, I gotta go do other stuff. So they've got their own thing. That's not where we're getting the wisdom of God. Okay, let's go to the next, this is verses 14 and 15. This is the very next thing Jesus says. He talks about the hired hand, right? He, he says, uh, 
the man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But then he comes back and says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Following doesn't require understanding, but it does require that we know the shepherd. You've got to know him, right? It's not enough to come here on Sunday morning and hear J.D. talk about some awesome and go, that's cool, I love that. That's how God is. That's great, and that's a supplement to knowing him for yourself and saying, here's who God is. And now when J.D. comes, it's, it, it gets me psyched, and now I'm ready. I'm going to go this week. I'm going to go read some of that stuff, but I want to come to the, the quiet place and know him better. I want to know the shepherd. We are, uh, we, I say we, Aaron is, 100% Aaron, is going through the Bible in a year. That's cool. Has anyone ever done that? It's tough. It's kind of good pace. Uh, with our children, right? Okay, so imagine the pace and the challenge of the pace. And now every minute and a half, a seven-year-old says, why are they called Amalekites? It's like, okay, let's, I don't know. And we're going back, right? So it's a different vibe. And do they understand it? They don't understand a lot of it. They still have not gotten, it's February, what is it, the 12th? They still haven't gotten to the parts that I understand. So the kids definitely don't understand it, right? <laughs> it's a lot going on, right? And we're getting to like, you know, there's some, uh, there's some interesting broken family stuff going on in Genesis. And so Aaron's like, we got to this scene. I kind of I skimmed a little on this part. We're okay. But, so they don't get it. They don't understand it. Why are we doing it? Because we're teaching them this is the shepherd. This is what the shepherd says. This is the story of him. And this is what we go to when we're looking for wisdom. Right? It's the revelation of the shepherd. We had a, uh, this week in life group, one of the families in our life group said, we're, we have a hard decision in front of us. Can you guys help us? And we said, yes. And the way we helped them was not firing squad of advice. That's not what they're looking for. That's not what they need. We said, hey, he's the good shepherd. We want to help you hear the shepherd. And so the, this is what I want to end with is the sheep can help you hear the shepherd, right? It's cool. It, that's a good thing, right? The sheep can help you hear the shepherd. And so if you don't know what the shepherd's saying, whoever has been in a situation where you don't know what the shepherd's saying, all of us probably, okay. And if you don't know, the sheep can help, and they can help a lot. And it's why we walk in community. And so we don't just go off in a cave and say, I have a revelation of who God is. I'm going to go do that. Don't talk to me. We say, hey, I want some input. This is what I feel like God's saying. Help me hear God. Right? And so that's what we did as a life group is we prayed with them, for them, and we helped say, hey, let's hear what the shepherd is saying. How can they do that? We did it during worship, and I love this, where Brittany said, hey, come on down. Right? And, and I was in one over here. We're just laying hands on somebody. Some people were praying some words, but we're just being with you. Right? When, you're, when you don't know where the shepherd is, when you don't know what the shepherd's saying, the worst feeling is to feel all alone. Let me just go be with you. Right? That's powerful. Someone's here with me and they know I'm waiting on God. They know I'm struggling and they're not going away. Um, that's a big one. We can be quiet. Right? So one of the, again, they're reading the Bible in a year. We, they got to Job. We did the Job deal. Do the kids, does the seven-year-old understand Job? I hope, so. I hope he got something, right? But one of the things they, they got, and we're asking questions, and, and they'll go, you know, these guys keep talking. 
Job's life, if you haven't read Job, his life falls apart in every conceivable way. Everything's a disaster. And his three friends show up and talk for 22 chapters. I don't know how long it is. Too long. <laughs> They're talking. It's too much, man. You don't know, right? He doesn't know. You don't know either. And you can say, I don't know. I know I was blind and now I see. I got a testimony. I know what God did in my life. But I don't know. But we can be quiet with people and just say, man, I love you. I'm with you. Let's listen for God. We can point to the shepherd, right? Sometimes the sheep get off course and, and you could say, hey, shepherd's over there, right? In other words, what you're doing right now is not shepherd stuff. He's over there. I heard a story a long time ago that I still remember of a man... Uh, let me get the story right so I don't decide. This is nobody you know. It's a different church. But this guy, uh, he, he was, he's a, a leader in the church, not a pastor, but a leader in the church. And he is not doing well in life, and he wanders into uh, an adult bookstore. Uh, there's another guy, and this is in a kind of public area. Another guy from the church is across the street or something and sees his car and, and looks inside and figures out, That's, this is my friend. And he waits outside, and the guy comes outside. And, I mean, imagine the feeling of, like, somebody from my church is in the parking lot look, waiting for me. And he's waiting with his arms wide open. And he gives him a hug. He says, this, you don't belong here. You don't belong here. I'm not here to, he's, he wasn't yelling and fussing. Now, there's some accountability stuff that has to happen. But the message is, this isn't where you belong. Let me take you. Let's go to find the shepherd, right? We need that. Sheep need that. And the sheep can help. Listening together is a big one, right? And saying, hey, we're going to stop right now. And that's what we did in life group. Let's stop and let's just listen together. Let's see if anyone hears anything from the Lord. We prayed some stuff. We shared some stuff. We're submitting it to them and saying, this is what we're hearing. This is what God's saying. We're praying for you to hear the Lord. We want you to know what God's saying, but we're, we're asking. And then the other thing he says here that I think is big is he says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me, right? And I think there's something important here about Finding another sheep. Make sure the person you're asking for advice isn't the thief. Okay, so what does that mean? I'm looking for people who are following the Lord, that know the Lord, and I see fruit in their lives, and that's who I want to go to to help me hear God. Right? I don't want to go to the person that's going to say the thing that I want to hear. A lot of times we're looking for wisdom and instead of trying to find out what is wisdom, we're going to go to the answer we like. Because WWW, man, the World Wide Web, somebody saying it, whatever you want to find, you're going to find somebody. So it's not hard to find somebody saying the thing you want to hear. But, but the, Jesus is saying, find, let's get with some people. Let's get with some other sheep who are looking for the shepherd and seek after him. So here's what I want to do today. We're going to wrap up in a couple minutes. Um, he's a good shepherd. He wants you to know him. He looks at you right now, wherever you are in your situation, in your life, and he, the number one thing he thinks is, he belongs to me. She belongs to me. She's mine. 
And because of that, you are precious in his eyes. And he wants more than anything to bring you over to where the flock is, to where it is healthy. And what we want to do today is listen with you. If anyone today is struggling, going, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, right? Sometimes obeying is really hard, but it's impossible if you don't know what he's saying, right? And you feel stuck. And I remember a time, a low point in, in our lives a uh, year-ish ago, we are getting ready for this camping trip and everything in our life is broken down. Every day, something new breaks. And my grandmother is do, not doing well. We know that she's gonna pass away at some point soon at this point. And everything's going wrong in our lives. And, our, and this day, everything's, that's the situation. And then our car breaks. And we're out with the kids and the battery dies. And, and I just lose it. Erin is smiling graciously as she did then because it was not easy to be gracious. And I remember saying, whatever we choose will be the wrong thing, will have been the wrong thing. Have you ever felt like that? Whatever it is that I do, that's going to end up being the thing I shouldn't have done. And I just, it's like, I'm just trying to get out of this disaster and everything we do is going to be the wrong way to do it. And what I needed and got to eventually, though not in that car ride, was I've got to get close with the shepherd, right? I've got to know that he's here, that he's with me. There's going to be, here's what he doesn't say. The shepherd kills all the wolves and there's no troubles, right? There's, there's wolves, right? This is where wolves live. That's a thing. There's wolves and there's troubles out there. And Jesus in his infinite wisdom and understanding says, stick with me. It's going to get rough. You don't know what's out there. You're not able to look over the hedges and see where the trouble lies. I am. Please just stick with me. And so what we want to do today is we're going to have the prayer team come up. If you are in a situation where you're wanting to hear the Lord, you're wanting to know what is next or wrestle with a decision, we want to work with you, want to hear you, hear with you and listen to God with you. Or if you need anything, if you want some other prayer request, that's totally welcome as well. So if the prayer team could come up, I'm going to pray to close us. Um, and we would just invite you to come and receive from the Lord today. Jesus, we just declare today that you are good. You are worthy of our trust. You're worthy of us diving deep, diving head first into what you're calling us to. I pray today for a revelation of the shepherd for every one of us, but especially for those who come with a struggle, with a doubt, with a concern, that there would be, a, uh, even if they don't get an answer today of, to the question that they would see a revelation of who you are, that you are with them in this challenge, Jesus. I just invite you today to speak to our hearts. Amen. <laughs>